episode 11 and on this week's show we got a double feature featuring mammals of mayhem we have Cujo from 1983 starring the killer rabid dog man guy Cujo you all know and love as well as the 2006 New Zealand horror uh, creature feature black sheep not to be confused with the Chris Farley comedy it's going to be huge. Can't wait. I know my co-hosts are excited. Let me introduce them. Paris, how is it going? You know what? I was going to say it's fine, but after having to watch one of these turds, it's going terribly. All right, well, we'll get into it. I don't really appreciate uh, you guys coming at me in the in the Scream Team chat like I'm some piece of garbage, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that later. Um and Travis, how's it going, man? Oh, yeah. I'm here. Not because I want to, because I have to. You guys just had to <laughs> be the clouds <laughs> to rain on my parade of an episode. <laughs> well, let's let's just jump right into it. Um, how do you guys feel about starting with Cujo? Sound good to you guys? Let's do it. Might as well get it over with. <laughs> I, I am very curious to hear uh, the traumatic experience of Cujo for uh, Paris. Yeah, I'm also curious. Could go. There's two reasons why it could be traumatic, and I'm unsure. So we will uh, find out shortly, I suppose. But let's uh, get the plot synopsis out of the way real, real quick. Uh, Cujo. Oh, sorry, I just burped into the mic too. I even I, I looked away to burp, and then when I let it out, I I faced the mic again. <laughs> I'm gonna let my friend Jordan know he should listen oh. to this episode. Whoops, my apologies. Uh, Cujo, a friendly Saint Bernard, contracts rabies and conducts a reign of terror on a small American town. I feel like it's more of a reign of terror on a small American property <laughs> he doesn't really terrorize yeah. the whole town but how sick would this movie have been if he terrorized the whole town would have been even better it's like jurassic park to jurassic world just open I mean, it up i do kind of think that would have been better i don't know I the synopsis on uh, wikipedia is somewhat misleading it says the film follows a mother and her son who are trapped inside their car while protecting themselves from a rabid saint bernard which does happen in the movie, but I wouldn't say that that is the majority of its runtime. <laughs> yeah, and that's the biggest issue with the film. Uh, <laughs> well, here I'll, I'll kick this one off. Um, so Cujo is a movie that I have seen once, probably 20 years ago at this point. I saw it when I was quite young, and it scared the shit out of me. And the main reason for that is because I has, I used to have a huge fear of dogs, um, I was bit by a dog as like a one-year-old, which I don't remember, obviously, but uh, really? that happened. Yep. And then I got... Is that what happened to your face? 
Yeah, that's that's why I'm so uh, uh fucking ugly. Um, <laughs> that would be why all the facial scars and. Uh, that's I'm from... sorry, that was really mean. I felt bad as soon as I said. Um, and then the same dog, about two and a half years later, uh, bit me again. Uh, this was a uh, my aunt Wait, and uncle's really? dog. Yeah. Did you just hate going over? There? <laughs> yeah, Matt. Be honest. Did you just like? shove your face in the dog's food and he was trying to lick it off and accidentally bit you or something no so they fucking my uncle uh when we would visit they would keep the dogs like in their guest house and my uncle was out there like feeding them or something and i happened to be outside and he was leaving the guest house and the dog saw me and they like ran past him before he shut the door and uh charged me and bit me and i should mention this isn't a saint bernard uh this was an american eskimo so not like a giant dog. They're actually very cute American and fluffy. Eskimos? Yeah. So why did it attack you? Well, you so there were two dogs. We're getting off track here, but there were two dogs. No, I'd much rather talk about details. this traumatic experience. <laughs> about my <laughs> trauma. Way more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so there was two American Eskimos. One was the son of the other. And the father, his name was Dempsey. And he was known as the bite dog to me. The other dog, his son, was DJ, and he was the lick dog. So it was the bite dog and the lick dog. I liked the lick dog. <laughs> Good dog, bad dog. I can't. I did not like the bite dog. <laughs> so, right, Philly so. Anyway, so I, from a very young age, I had an aversion towards dogs. We didn't have a dog. We had a cat growing up. So, like, until I was an adult, I didn't really get over my fear of dogs. So, Kujo scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. So... Never went back to it, um, so I figure now's the perfect time to uh, to revisit it, and um, I'll be brief because I'm curious to hear your guys' general impressions, but um, the first half of the movie is, is boring as fuck. Um, I don't care at all about the like character development they're trying to do, especially because it doesn't ultimately pay off in any meaningful way, but the first half of the movie, aside from like the Cujo origin story stuff, is like profiling this family and there's like infidelity going on and the dad works for a serial company and, and it doesn't like... end up i think you said it best it doesn't end up paying off at all like to what end why do we care maybe it was supposed to be character development so we cared about these people but mm-hmm. like no all these people it was all very superficial the kid was yeah. the war oh, he, he was pretty bad started on that fucking kid i mean he's not as bad as the kid from the babadook but he was pretty bad um oh, he's up there so he, he was rough um so was not enjoying the movie at all through the first half um could not care less about this character development that's going on uh not very well acted um just kind of seemed like filler and I'm pretty sure Cujo the novel is like, it's not a short story. It's a full novel. So it's not like they, maybe they just needed to pad the runtime or something. So I wanted to interject really quick yeah, yeah. and say, you said it was like filler, but literally at the 45 minute mark, which is halfway through the movie, I check the time and go, oh my gosh, good. I guess we're halfway over because it, like, the horror hadn't even started hadn't even like barely started to start mm-hmm. it was insane it, and it wasn't like setting up like a slow build even it was just filler and then the second half is horror the horror was the family unraveling the first 
A true horror. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's kind of what the movie was going for, but it really, really didn't work and was very uninteresting. And like, you know, there there is a slow buildup for Cujo because, I mean, you know, he develops like the 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 pus on his nose and his mood starts to change. And like there is buildup there, but it's very minimal compared to the buildup for the human characters. So it it was rough. First half of the movie was rough. But I did like the very beginning, though. The intro just doesn't waste any time, explains Cujo's origin, mm-hmm. and then boom, right into the story. Yes, into 40 minutes of garbage <laughs> before yeah. we get back to the good stuff. <laughs> I was confused, yeah. I was like, okay, so we see the how Cujo gets infected. Fine, that's how he gets COVID. No big deal. Um, and then, yeah, and then the people started happening, and I was like, where is Cujo? I don't care about these people. Where is Cujo? Yeah. So that was, you know, not the best. I, I definitely was feeling very, um, very negative feelings through the first half. But then the second half kicks in. And for most of the second half, it is taking place in and around this car that this mom and her kid are trapped in. And that first scene where they get trapped in the car was genuinely terrifying like i almost had like a ptsd reaction to that scene because that was the scene that scared the shit out of me when i was a kid and i thought it was super effective i love that it's basically all the cujo stuff is um like practical like they put the gunk on his fur and they use clever editing and camera techniques to show the dog attacking and the ta- the dog is doing very practical things. And I thought it made it super effective as a horror film. Cause I, I don't know. It sounds like you guys didn't have the same reaction as me, but I think Cujo is legitimately scary. And I was very impressed by the second half of the film, especially compared to the piece of shit that was the first half. So that's where I, I, I am. Ag- I would agree that the dog is terrifying and effective. Um, because even before that car scene, they show him just like mangle a dude. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so I think the dog stuff worked. It's what you guys were alluding to earlier with the, the family, like human stuff was just like so bad that it brought down the whole movie <laughs> and especially starting the movie with that first, you know, 45 minutes or so of just like family drama did the movie no favors. Yeah. You can have some of that, but. Don't let it be half your runtime. Right. Well, I think a really good comparison for like the family drama leading into like something that's more traditional horror is like we watched um sis was it sisters or a tale of two sisters? Sisters. The, or well both, but which one are you talking well, about? Well <laughs> the um the Korean one. Tale of two sisters. Tale of two sisters. So that one, like the family drama was kind of part of the horror. And I thought that that was done really well. In this one, I think that maybe that was their intention, but like it felt really like superficial and not tense. It just felt like we were just being introduced to these characters at a at a shallow level. Very shallow. I mean, it didn't. We didn't really learn anything about the characters as a result of this. It just felt like drama for drama's sake. To show that there's exactly. something going on in this family, uh, parallel yeah. to the t- the terror that they would experience later in the most, film. Most most of the writing is very 
like thin or lazy Bad. or mm-hmm. just very stereotypical. I don't know. It just, yeah, the writing is not its strong suit. <laughs> no, no. Well, um, so something that was interesting, have either of y'all read the Stephen King novel that it was based on? No, uh, I have not. I don't read. Okay. So I was, <laughs> I was <laughs> Travis doesn't know how to read it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so I was, I was reading that it seemed that in the novel, there's a lot more of a supernatural element as Stephen King is wont to do where the young boy was haunted. And so like the monster that he was seeing in his closet was more of like a real thing. And that Cujo also had a supernatural element. It wasn't just like he had rabies or whatever. He was like possessed. Right. Yeah. I know him as like a demon dog. Like, right. And so I felt like that was kind of, it felt like that almost should have been the direction that they went in. And the director said that they didn't go in that direction because it just, it just felt really cheesy when they tried to do it on film. It just didn't work. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So like, okay. But the end result of this, not cheesy at all. Right. (laughs) But I can appreciate you doing, trying something and be like, this isn't working. Like we're going to have to change it. But I felt like they didn't change the rest of the story enough then because it almost like didn't make sense why this dog would just be sitting there for days like hunting this fa- You know what I mean? Like that's not what rabies does in any way, <laughs> shape or form. In fact, I did Google what rabies does to dogs because I was curious. And in fact, it makes uh, dogs confused but not aggressive. Um, they lose the use of their limbs and then eventually like become comatose before they pass so like literally the opposite of what happens here (laughs) and like that's that's totally fair but at the same time that's very much a rabies trope is frothing at the mouth aggressive animals right whether or not that is accurate that is the the scary thing like when you think when you see a dog that's snarling and it's got you know froth you know it's got the white froth coming out i just think it it would make more sense if he was some sort of demon dog or if he was possessed you know what i mean like that makes sense why he was so aggressive and crazy and was like hunting these people and like wouldn't leave them alone because if he's sitting by their car all night like is he getting any food and water Mm mm-hmm yeah, he just ate half a human. He's good to go. <laughs> he left that man almost totally unscathed. He ate like his skin top at best. Uh, he he went back for seconds on that cop. <laughs> Towards the end, like when the camera it just shows Kuja like goes fair. back to the body. He's just like Honestly, ripping flesh off. The cop scene at first, I was like, oh, they're kind of gonna do it like. Um, house of a thousand corpses where the cops go you know blah blah and then it just that cop scene was so fucking goofy it was like dancing on top of things in the barn (laughs) and like come on and then he just jumps up like this man this is a hefty man he jumps up and grabs this little thing that he's hanging from i was like this bitch could not do that Mm -hmm. even in a stressful situation like i'm sorry (laughs) so that stuff that stuff was pretty corny But all of the stuff involving the car, like the terror in and around the car, was so good. I mean, the scene where Cujo is, like, head ramming the side of the car and, like, denting it. And he gets all bloodied up and, like, scratching the glass. And it was just, like, 
it creeped me out. And to your point about the supernatural thing, like that would make more sense in certain ways and that you could do other things with the story, but it would also, I feel like make it maybe a little less scary. So once you introduce that supernatural element, like part of what I think makes Cujo as a figure so scary is that I, mean, I know we just talked about how rabies doesn't do this to dogs, but it's the it's the realness factor of this could be a situation you find yourself in where there's a huge dog that wants to kill you. You know what I mean? Like if it was like a demon dog, like that's not real. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I guess I understand like the fear that it's playing on. Like I have I don't know about you guys, but I have like been maybe walking somewhere at night and I've run into a dog that isn't on a leash and there doesn't seem to be any people around and I'm kind of like, what do I do? It's frightening. Your like, reaction is Well, terror. part of it is, part of it is, you know, should I be afraid of this dog? Or, and part of it is, should I go find the owner? No. But actually, I have had... right it. in the fucking nose. <laughs> <laughs> I've had experiences of, like, wild dogs. Like, um, I was on a small island in Mexico when I was pretty young. And there were wild dogs around that area and we would walk um back to where we were staying and there would just be wild dogs and you had to be really careful of them because they would bite you and could have rabies and like it was (laughs) 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 like like truly but so i get what it's playing on but i think i i also watched this when i was probably about 20 plus years ago and i i pretty much had the same reaction now as I did then except less scared I was bored and then I was scared and then I was bored (laughs) this one I think I had checked out so much because the horror didn't actually start for so far into the movie and the first half was so mind-numbingly just like I couldn't even I was like what the fuck are we even doing here that the horror didn't have impact for me like I can, like, all the stuff, Matt, you're saying, the way you're describing it sounds scary. I wasn't scared once. Like, I didn't feel, I didn't, it didn't do anything for me. I So you saying that you were you were checked out, like, that's kind of what I anticipated would happen, because I, I was pretty checked out. But as soon as those scenes started, like, I was immediately invested in it, and, you know, my heart got racing. So I, but I totally see the opposite reaction of you just spent 45 minutes watching silly family drama and now there's, you know, a barking dog and it's like, whatever, you know, like I totally get that too. And to be fair and totally honest, I really did put off watching this for like as long as humanly possible. (laughs) (laughs) Like I almost didn't even watch it last night. I was like, maybe I'll watch it on my lunch at work. Like I just, I really didn't want to watch it and I think that also may have had something to do with why I was like already a little checked out and then it was bad and I was like "Mm, no thank you so there's not some sort of like underlying like childhood traumatic incident that played into your like opinion on the film because I mean it is well revered in some circles like I thought I, I got the impression kind of from both of you that you were going into this expecting to watch a piece of shit. And then when the first half was a piece of shit, you were like, <laughs> Matt's making us watch another piece of shit. Like, what a, what a loser. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, but the the problem was, I think that that beginning part went on for so long that I didn't have the opportunity to like, oh, you know what? I'm actually enjoying this now. This actually is scary. I can appreciate like even like the dog, like there was a scene where the dog's like ramming into the car. Mm -hmm. Like I've literally had nightmares, not with dogs, but I've had literal nightmares where I'm in a car and people are trying to get me and like I have to like fight my like similar to how the mom had to like jump in the car really quick and like fight off and like roll the window. Like I've had nightmares like that. And this still didn't have impact for me. And that's saying something. Like it just it should have hit all the buttons and didn't. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a bummer. Well, I'm sorry to uh have subject subjected you to it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um Yeah, I'm I kind of agree with both of you to an extent. Uh, I thought it was okay, but I'm probably more on the negative side just because the first half and a lot of the the human stuff I didn't really care about. But we haven't talked about the best part of this movie, and it's the cinematography by Jan de Bont. The movie looks amazing. It does look really good. And Especially the fog scene. Okay. In the oh woods. yeah, in the woods uh, with the kid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, the whole movie looks super cool, even from the intro credits. Yeah, the intro is like, awesome oh, too. Oh, did you see that? And then the credits like come out from behind a house. Like I missed it because I looked. I was we were eating dinner, and so I was like, look at my food for a second. But like, like it was that was kind of where it was setting up. Like it was well shot, and like there were some cool, even like when the kids laying there and it's like a little cheesy oh my god actually i don't want to i don't want to get off point here but remind me to talk about the kid again in yeah. a second okay it, like the shots were all really cool and i think that's even more why i was so disappointed with like the story the acting quality all that so on on the note of um acting and then we'll circle back to the kid thing i do think the performances across the board are not good except for um I'm blanking on her name. D D something. The the main woman. The Wallace. In the first half, yeah, yes, Dean Wall D Wallace. She's not great in the first half. But I do think once the, the horror segments kick off, I do think she's really good. I think she's expressive. I think that um she does a good job of of, of conveying the sense of the just the horrible nature of the situation they find themselves in. I thought she was pretty great in the second half. Um, once she, we get away from the the bullshit, like you know, infidelity plot line and her kind of going around her husband's back and all that stuff. Once it actually gets into the meat of the film, I thought she was pretty good. I don't I don't know how you guys felt about her in the I would in the agree. Second half. She gives the best performance in the movie, but I don't think that's saying it. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not going to write home about yeah. it, but I, was, I thought it was, you know, it was no, no, solid. She, she was solid. Um, maybe if they were all on her level, it would have been a better movie, but the rest was pretty lacking. The kid she was She gave brutal. a really, yeah. I know we already touched on that, but he was brutal. So D. Wallace gave a really, really decent horror performance and I think because she was just so much better than anyone else in the movie, it felt great. But really, it was just, it was a really decent performance in the horror. And I think that can be hard to do. It can come across as cheesy or silly or whatever. 
she did a great job where none of her stuff felt that way. The kid, on the other hand, was bad enough in the beginning. He was just annoying, and I was like, let's fucking kill this kid. Is he gonna die? I was actually a little mad he didn't die at the end of the movie. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but I did want to touch on the kid's seizures? I guess. I wasn't really I sure what was happening. What you would call I them. was... Yeah, I was curious about that. Myself. Was that supposed to be set up earlier in the film, and I missed it? Were we supposed to know what was going? Like, it felt like it felt like it should have set up earlier that he has asthma, and so he like couldn't breathe later. But then when she's like shaking him, because I then I was like, oh, this isn't like something he has, because she's just like shaking him and freaking out. But it happens multiple times. And she doesn't seem that freaked out. I don't know. I was very confused. Well, according to Wikipedia, the kid is suffering from dehydration and being overheated. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I think we were meant to think it was like dehydration related because they spend like what over 24 hours, right? Trapped in At that car without two water. Days. Yeah. I thought it was I didn't to catch that though. And I didn't I didn't know that dehydration or whatever he was experiencing could um like produce a seizure seizures yeah so i didn't either and i feel like it would have been maybe better to just like at the end where his he's all crusty and he like looks very like comatose like that i understand <laughs> when he and his crusty. seizing was weird <laughs> well you know his lips were all <laughs> fucked up <laughs> but like when he was seizing, it felt like a condition. You know what I mean? It felt like he had something that caused seizures. Slash, I wasn't even sure if he was seizing. It felt like maybe he like had asthma and couldn't breathe. You know what I mean? Like it was very the kids acting. Like I feel like you like child actors have a limited range. They do. It's understandable. They're children, so don't make them do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I do think this, this discussion comes from, like, the ambiguity of what exactly is happening to him, I think, is more so a result of it just being bad acting. Like, it's barely identifiable as a seizure, you know, in the first place. And you're like, what what is he yeah, doing? If is that he is even what's happening. Right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is, though, because, dehyd like, severe dehydration does cause seizures. So I was like... Is he having a seizure? Like, you know, that's immediately where my mind went because that was the only conclusion that I could jump to. But the way he's playing it is so strange. And, like, the breathing thing, it almost feels like he, like you, I think you, Paris, said it. Like, is this an asthma attack? Like, what are we seeing exactly? And it's very unclear because he's, he's a shit actor. I mean, sure, he's a kid, but. But also, yeah, he's a shit actor. So the director should have been like, okay, let's not do that then. Right, like the I feel like that's on the director ultimately. No, what they should actor that can't. What do. they should have done was legitimately just dehydrate that kid and induce seizures so that it's not acting. Just give that kid a seizure. Give him a seizure. Come on, it's for art. On board with that. <laughs> give him the really Oscar. I should clarify. <laughs> I should clarify. Don't give kids in general seizures. Give that kid seizures. No, no you know what. <laughs> 
I think I can speak for everyone on this podcast when I say just give all kids seizures. We officially condone uh, inducing (laughs) seizures in the nation's young. (laughs) The damn Um. utes. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, not too much more to say beyond that. Um, It's not a movie that's really going for anything thematically. You know, it's just kind of an excuse to have a scary dog um do do you guys know is Cujo a Saint Bernard in Stephen King's novel too yes he is um and apparently it was based on Stephen King uh stopping on a road trip at a not a gas station but like like this like someone's house where he fixed cars and he said it was the there was uh the biggest Saint Bernard he'd ever seen and that that's what gave him the idea mm-hmm. but that brings me mm. to my trivia fact of the episode. Um, this is one of the novels that um, Stephen King does not remember writing at all. Um, I'm not sure too how much familiar coke? and alcohol. <laughs> um, I'm not sure how familiar y'all are or our listeners are with the uh, like the ethos of Stephen King or whatever, but like he is. Uh, I meant to say mythos, not ethos. Dumb. Um, <laughs> He has apparently, I mean, he's written, you know, so many short stories and books, but he doesn't remember writing a lot of them because he, during, mostly in the 80s and I think early 90s as well, he was basically on a vendor like every day, is my understanding. (laughs) He said at one point he was drinking a case of 16 ounce beers a day. Jesus. That guy just had a party. (laughs) So he don't remember writing this at all like none of it and so he'll read it and he'll be like this is like a new book to me and he said it makes him really like sad kind of because he can't remember it but i just think that that's that that's a wild like like that's wild Mm -hmm. well i knew i knew he doesn't like um cujo like i know he doesn't like it as a novel i did not know that he doesn't even remember (laughs) writing it maybe that's why he doesn't like (laughs) yeah blacked out the whole writing session (laughs) but i i feel like i so i haven't read any stephen king i'd like to it's definitely on my long-term list i know i know i haven't read a ton of horror it's mostly like sci-fi fantasy ya is my big three but like I think that I guess maybe other than the most recent first it movie what like I feel like Stephen King has had so much of his work adapted and I have yet to see one that I thought was a great movie. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Whoa. Have you have you you've seen The Shining, right Paris? Yes, but he's but that's the, like the least faithful adaptation, and Stephen King has written that off. So I guess Have I wasn't counting that one. Seen the, the Shining. Mist. <laughs> the the last that's five Stephen minutes King? of The Mist is good. Yeah, The Mist. No, 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 no. It's a short the mist story. It's amazing. No, it the whole isn't. movie is amazing. You're fucked, bud. No, I understand isn't. that the effects are somewhat lacking, but I feel like that is uh, adds somewhat of a charm to the movie. I think it nails what it's going for. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, all right, well, Matt's agree, wrong. Agree to disagree, I guess. But uh, <laughs> um, I haven't seen it, but I am familiar with the ending, and I have heard that it's like maybe not the best movie, but like one of the best endings of all time. Yeah, endings. How about 
How about Shawshank? He wrote that, the short story. Oh, I forgot about that. And See, Carrie, this is too. Maybe, yeah, Carrie's Carrie a great sucks. movie, too. Carrie's, Carrie's not a good movie. Are you? Stand, stand by me. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, Stand no. by Me. That's stand one of my me. favorite movies. Come on. Mm, that's fair. Okay, I forgot maybe that Stephen King... <laughs> That's so many fucking adaptations. Okay. Maybe check your uh, references before you start your hot take, Paris. No, no, no. I wasn't starting. I wasn't trying to start a hot take. That one I didn't even have in my notes. I was just wanted to ask you guys about it because I was. I feel like I've been disappointed in most Stephen King movies. Slash, there's probably more like, misses than hits. If that's oh, there definitely are. I think that's more. That's more what I was thinking. Also. I don't know if this is true for his novels. So I know Matt, you've you've read at least a, a handful of them. Yeah, yeah. He seems to have an issue, at least in the movies, with ending. For example, in this movie, Cujo, it just it did a freeze frame ending, which was possibly the worst the ending of this movie I could have. <laughs> best like, kind of ending. <laughs> that was, it was, so it was the '80s. Come on, you had to end on a freeze frame. But, <laughs> but I was just curious because it feels like a lot of the stories like don't know how to end and I'll be enjoying them and then it'll end and it'll be like, wait, what? Like even, I don't want to go into too many other movies to get us too off track, but I just was curious, like for Stephen King's novels, does it also feel that maybe he's got a good momentum and then the ending kind of falls apart? Um, is that kind of what he's known for is that? He sucks at anything, yeah. typically. That's what, I th- yeah. that's what I thought, which is why I was so, I guess I feel like it's so weird that there's been so many movie adaptations of his novels that are faithful to the novel or whatever, when, like, that's a pretty bad, like, you, you need endings. The ending is what sticks with, you know, like, that's what you walk away from with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's notoriously not great at endings. Um, I've only read a couple of his horror books the the main thing i've read of his is the dark tower series um which has a horrible ending so to your point uh and also <laughs> but, had a pretty bad mini series made after it right no they made it they're making a mini series they made it into a movie with uh oh the movie was uh, pretty Idris bad Elba. right Idris yeah, yeah, yeah. Elba. like it was and uh, house right hugh Laurie. Right? I didn't see it. No, no, no. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey and uh, oh, Idris Elba. Oh, yeah. That's so weird. I didn't see the movie, but I heard really bad things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's part of the reason why some of the best known or like most revered Stephen King adaptations do change the ending because I'm pretty sure The Mist Ooh. is a perfect example. I don't think his story ends the same way as the film really yeah right yeah frank darabont changed it and stephen king later admitted that frank darabont did it better than him so <laughs> yeah because that ending sp- so <laughs> the ending of this actually was changed apparently too in the novel i think the mom gets rabies and the kid dies that sounds way better <laughs> right the kid I dies know, that's what we're all wanting i I literally read that and I was watching it. And I didn't know if the kid was for sure going to die or not. And when he, when she's like, he almost dies and she's like laying him on the table. I was like, oh, <laughs> that stupid, stupid bitch is dead. <laughs> Paris, uh, have you seen Misery? No. Um, I that also is another that was based really on great <laughs> adaptation of his. 
Misery is what is one that I think would actually hold up. I've heard amazing things. It's been on my list for it's a banger. forever. I just haven't made it a priority. Matt, you've seen that, right? No, uh, no. Oh man. All I've seen is the the scene that with the axe. Oh, Wait, yeah. I thought it was the scene with like the hammer and the brick between his ankles. Is it? Yeah, a hammer. I think it's technically a sledgehammer, not a. Or yeah, yeah, you're right. It's a sledgehammer. Yeah, a sledgehammer. Yeah, 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 sledgehammer. I was like, did she chop off something? Are we talking about Fargo? What's that? Chopped his dick off. Well, we've got. Uh, Wait, really? Dicks coming <laughs> no. off uh, <laughs> later in the show, but. Well, you guys oh, should watch yeah, Misery for show. Whether we do it for the show or not, it's on HBO Max right now, and I would highly recommend it. That's uh, Rob Reiner, right? A... Yeah, dude. When he maybe was we'll have it. a Stephen King episode in the future. <laughs> well, we got maybe, uh, maybe not. We'll the have mystery. to wait and see. All right. Anything else on uh, Cujo before we move on? No. No. Uh, you guys want to do star ratings? Yep. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went with a three point five. Um just based off the strength of the last 40 minutes or so could have been much better. Um, but just that first half is just, it just drags too much and it's too unnecessary and annoying, um, to go any higher than a 3.5. But I really, really like the second half of this film. So three and a half too high, uh, two and a half no, way too high. <laughs> Paris. Oh, is Travis not going to... You just said no, no, two, two and a half. No, I know. I, he's just not going to give a little spiel or anything. Mm. <laughs> it's in there right. somewhere. Just uh, rewind it. In summation. <laughs> <laughs> um, then uh, I'm not going to do a spiel either. And I gave it a one. Woof. Oh, you got to give a spiel after giving it a Brutal. one. Brutal. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> That's a statement right there. I... The star speaks for itself. <laughs> <laughs> the way I look at star ratings, I take into account enjoyment and I take into account quality of movie. If I really, really, really enjoyed a movie, but the quality was bad, I, I'm not going to give it any higher than a three. If the quality was really good, but I didn't like it, like maybe around a three, maybe a little bit less, honestly. <laughs> but I neither enjoyed this movie nor did it have good quality. That the reason I didn't give it less than a one star is because the shots were really cool. We did have some good cinematography. One star but for honestly, Jan Debon. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jan Debon is the mon. Just, just for the record, uh Paris gave Thanks Killing one and a half stars. Just for the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I stand by it in the More comparison. enjoyment? <laughs> that was, exactly. That was a worse quality movie, but I had much more enjoyment. If you say so. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, that is Cujo. Let's move on to our next review. This is Black Sheep. I'm not going to read the plot synopsis. I would prefer to read the tagline which is there are 40 million sheep in New Zealand and they are pissed off. 
There's also one on the poster that says, get the flock out of here. Yes. Pretty great. This movie knows exactly exactly what it's going for. Um, So this is a movie that I have a lot of fondness for because I loved it when it came out. So I and my friend Jesse were super into this movie. We bought it on DVD. Watched it all the time. Thought it was hilarious. Haven't seen it since. So it was probably like 2008, 2009. The last Wait, time how many I times it? do you think you've actually seen this? Probably like, mm, I don't know, three or four times, maybe five. Okay. In that so range. That is, that is insane to me considering that I had to watch this on YouTube in order to not pay. Well, you didn't it. have to. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. To <laughs> not pay to for, avoid it. Like, for it. I I was not I I saw the movie and I was like this is funny, but I I'm not going to I'm not going to buy this movie. The fact that you guys cared so little about my pick and that you're such bums <laughs> that you couldn't pay $3 that we all three of us watched a 360p stream of Black so, Sheep on YouTube. Yeah. So you did too. Okay. I, well, I yeah. actually, so I wanted to say I do regret watching it on YouTube for a couple reasons. One, YouTube, I was not able to do subtitles. Right. On whilst while casting well, the you get what you pay for. to my TV. <laughs> exactly. So this is why I regret it. One, no subtitles. People were speaking in New Zealand. I couldn't understand them. Um two, the quality. It literally, yeah, what was it? Three sixty P. Three sixty P. I also have a 4K TV. That's I what that was a 2180. Joke you just made, Matt, was it? No, <laughs> it says it was it literally says HD in the it, title, but it's it not. Literally, it literally showed us it was 360p, and Kurt and I were trying to figure out the quality of that to the quality of our TV. Once it got, once there was any nighttime scenes, it went all downhill because blacks are so much harder. They take more pixels or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, pixel density. And yeah. It just I couldn't see anything. <laughs> like it was so bad. And yet I still refused to pay money for it. <laughs> so, Black Sheep I had a lot of reverence for and I think it, this probably didn't come across super well in the fucking 360p stream, but the can you the hear effects me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, so I just lost, sorry, sorry to derail the podcast, but uh, (laughs) I lost connection, and so for like 30 to 60 seconds, you guys were just making like, sounds, but I think we're back. That's what we were doing, though. We weren't actually talking. (laughs) So I I missed all of that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't even, I didn't even notice you were gone, so, oh, Travis Paul has gone away. You see that, Paris? I can't. I can only ever see you. Oh, oh, right. Yeah. Now he's officially gone. <laughs> what the fuck, cool. Travis? Homeboy needs to get his internet fixed. Um, oh shit! Is it? Is it this Comcast thing that we're not allowed to talk about? I think Travis so. just texted us and said, "Oh no, it's doing it again." <laughs> uh, yes. So uh, Travis is on his way to Comcast headquarters to burn it down. <laughs> Um, we should probably take a quick break. Yeah, let's. Uh, we'll reconvene. Um, let's see if Travis shows back up, and uh, we'll be right back. 
All right. Apologies if this edit sounds weird, but we are uh, recording this segment uh, a full three to four days after the first part of the show due to some uh, internet issues on Travis's part. Just really dropped the ball big time, bud. (laughs) Travis, you're fucking up. Comcast. It was about to get good, and then uh, we lost Travis like four times. So we decided to reconvene. (laughs) So I did not listen to the file from our first recording so I could plan a smoother edit. So (laughs) I'm just going to kind (laughs) of... Matt editing for you, the listeners. <laughs> I'm just going to kind of mash this together and uh, see how it comes out. But uh, we are uh, reconvening to uh, talk about Black Sheep, second half of our double feature. Um, and I'm feeling pretty good. It's Saturday. I'm vibing. I'm wearing my OzFest 2006 <laughs> uh, tour shirt. So it's, yeah. uh, you know, just Sick. vibes all around. Who's on the back? Well, so the back... <laughs> The back is tour dates, but all of the tour dates say fucking, like Seattle, fucking Washington, fucking Phoenix, Arizona. That is pretty rad. Wow. Pretty rad. It's like a 13 year old that just learned how to use the word fuck. Well, I was 15, and it was my favorite shirt for years. It's a a must buy. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. It was also my first concert. Two years younger than his actual age. Yeah. Yeah. So who's on the front then? Um, Satan. There's no bands. That's pretty cool then. No, it's Ozfest, dude. It's, you know, there's yeah, not just like one. Too many. Not one band. Too many. It's not a lineup shirt. No, but no, it's those the, exist. Well, they do, but this is Satan on the front, tour dates on the back. I feel like um, lineup shirts usually Matt. like it's lineups <laughs> or tour dates. You know what I mean on the back because there's usually like a shit ton of bands, right? I mean, you should just know Ozfest 06. Like that's a legendary <laughs> lineup. <laughs> I saw I saw Ozzy, System of a Down, Disturbed, Avenged Sevenfold, Hatebreed, Dragon Force. Remember those guys? I saw Dragon Force. Oh. It was huge. <laughs> I was actually digging the lineup, and then you said Dragon Force, and then I just, no, thank you. Goodbye. Were those oh, Guitar Hero days? That was like at the beginning of the Guitar Hero days. Might have been right Prime. before <laughs> Guitar Hero 2, maybe. I don't recall. Jesus. That was half so a lifetime ago. While we're spending <laughs> one hour approximately talking about Matt's shirt, I would like to also note that it is before 11 a.m. on a Saturday here. And so if I sound like shit, it is because I am extraordinarily hungover and have had little to no sleep. So you're welcome. It's all for you, Damien. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I sound great, it's because I slept nine hours. I've had my two cups of coffee. Jesus. It's about two o'clock in the afternoon here. Jack off motion in your general direction. I'm wearing my shirt. Just loving life over here. You guys are on opposite ends right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's real spectrum. Well, let's uh, let's pick up our black sheep conversation. Uh, I think where we left off, I was on a rant about our. Uh, did we start it? <laughs> we did. We did because I remember I, I mentioned the tagline. We also talked right. about the really poor quality. The 360p. Of, that we all watched it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I would like to say with no subtitles. And this movie took place in a land where people speak English, I, I, I think. But I could not understand almost a word that anyone was Their saying. accents Did aren't that point. heavy. I mean, you never watch Flight of the Concords? You're not uh, acclimated to... With subtitles on. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Girl, so I that was a reading project, really. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, so I actually wanted to note that instead of the horror film on YouTube, I almost accidentally watched the 1996 Chris Farley comedy and was like, this can't be what Matt's talking about, right? Because that's all that was coming up for me. It's uh, it's an underrated gem, Black Sheep is. I'd never heard of it. Yeah. This is a staple in my high school years. Haven't seen it in a long time. Um, so let's let's dive into it. Who's who's going to talk about their experience with uh, Black Sheep first? No, no takers. All right, I'll go first. Then. <laughs> Jesus, Dead zero <laughs> interest. God, I'm really holding on by a thread here, you guys. So I'm gonna maybe need some product. <laughs> All right, well, I'll go first. So this, it's been. It had probably been about 12 years since I last seen Black Sheep, and I just remember it being a super funny, solid creature feature, um, you know, isn't really going for much more than than laughs and gore, and the production is pretty good. I mean, the kid, the creature, um, like uh, special effects, I thought were amazing, kind of yeah, hard. done by Weta. Weta? Yeah, the company that did the special effects for this also did the effects for Lord of the Rings. Oh, right. So that's why the sheep look like uh, the sheep men look like Urukai at the end of this movie. (laughs) (laughs) They really do, though. Like, honestly. Well, so probably hard to tell from our 360p fucking YouTube rip stream that we watched, but. Effects are pretty good in this movie. I mean, even the... I don't know if they're using, like, animatronic Dude, sheep or Weta, what, but... Real quick, Weta did Blade Runner 2049, Mad Max Fury Road, Thor Ragnarok. They've done it all. Avatar, District 9. Damn. These guys are huge. huge. How did how did this tiny I, New how Zealand... Was this, Weta. like... Were, were, are they a New Zealand company, and this was, like, their one of their early... You know what? Well, this was post... You're right. This yeah. was post Lord of the Rings, though. I mean... Yeah, there is from, absolutely no way in, uh, they made this before. Like Miramar, maybe it was released after Lord of the Rings, but there's no way. Uh, I bet it was more likely some sort of New Zealand like connection. You know what I mean? Like local yeah. company, local up and coming filmmakers or whatever. Gotta but, support the locals. Yeah, gotta also, support the little guys. Can I just say, a little off topic, but this made me want to go to New Zealand. Like, yeah. it was beautiful. <laughs> New Zealand seems sweet. There were lots of sheep. None of them were black. I did want to call that out. <laughs> False advertising. Yes. Yeah, that's very true. Um, but as far as the movie itself, um, it's a very, very stupid, simple plot that just kind of exists for sheep to maim people, right? I mean, it's like a, a farming program where they're like genetically modifying the sheep and they they turn evil and they like infect humans they bite and turn them into sheep men which is which is great i love the sheep men um especially some of the transformation scenes where like they're turning into sheep men pretty cool (laughs) (laughs) um so love that stuff and it's just it's really sid- silly. I mean, a, a dude gets his dick bit off by a sheep, and you literally see like the stretching, soft dick as it's like the sheep is pulling. Oh yeah, the dude's flaccid not. dick. That's good stuff. I'm usually not a super squeamish person, but any sort of like stretch genitals, just oh, <laughs> no, thank you. Was loving that. The, I love the dude that gets his lips bit off by the sheep. Um, 
it's just a really silly movie. It's it's very slight, you know. It's just have a good time with some murderous sheep. Um, but I think it's funny. I, I think it held up for the most part. Um, so I, I I enjoyed my rewatch of this one. It's a underseen uh, creature feature. So if you love cool special effects and uh, kind of silly premises, highly recommended by me. But what did you guys think? Now it's time. One of you has to volunteer to go next, so I'll pick if no one steps up to the plate. I think Travis should go next. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I thought it was all right. Uh, this is another movie kind of like Thanksgiving that I think you'd probably get more enjoyment uh, if you watched it with a group who are into this kind of stuff. Um, but I just watched it by myself like a loser, so it was... Uh, it was okay Damn. it's it's just one of those you know silly yeah like matt said it's a kind of like a creature feature it it plays out similar like a zombie movie but with yeah. sheep instead <laughs> uh there were a couple funny parts though my favorite part was when the car's driving down the hill and they're like who's driving and it was the sheep, <laughs> cuts to the sheep. that was i was not expecting That's that. the best that part was, of the movie like you're expecting like oh no one's driving like haha but it's the sheep driving <laughs> and then i'm pretty sure the car goes so off silly. the off the ledge and then yep. they're talking about how great of a view it is and then the guy's like or it was the guy or the girl was like, yeah, this is where my dad, dad died. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. Very stupid. So and that was good. Yeah, that's a good moment. Um, s- some of this stuff is pretty silly, like the the find your chakra, like you're, you're a tree and the roots thing was kind of dumb. I um, mean, you know, we've seen that before, but it was... Um, there's, there's lots of moments like that. They're just kind of, kind of dumb and, and, but, but playful, you know what I mean? Like this movie does not take itself seriously. Like the very, very end of the movie also kind of dumb, but it was like the best ending ever. I'm going to be honest. I don't, it's full disclosure. It has been a hot second since I actually watched this. If we say one word, it'll jog your memory. A dog. The tagline for the sequel would be. You've heard of sheep dogs. Now it's time for dog sheep. Because <laughs> oh remember God. the dog? It ends it, with the shot of the dog and it it like baws like a sheep. I had forgotten actually. That is so silly. That really sealed the. I feel like though that's kind of the tone of the whole movie. Like it does seem pretty self aware. And Travis oh, talked yeah. about his favorite like kind of funny moment with the sheep, and I think that really like set the tone for the whole rest of mm-hmm. the movie like oh it's gonna be like that level of like humor um i really liked it when the guy is turning into a sheep and they were like we have to get you to a doctor and he's like someone says he's like turning into a sheep or can't go take a sheep to a doctor and he says i'll go to the vet then <laughs> uh, there's just there's lots of really funny stupid lines that just they make me smile um and like you know there are logical inconsistencies like with the villain he gets bit by a sheep pretty early on but his transformation takes like four fucking ever you know what i mean like there are um, people I mean, who get yes. bit much later than him who fully transform into sheep people before he does I'm so glad you brought this up because we have talked about this before on the show, but like 
zombie movies sometimes have an issue with this, like the logical inconsistency of how long it takes someone from being bit or infected to actually like showing symptoms to actually going full blown, whatever in this case, you know, sheep man. Um, And, uh, (laughs) and like that normally bothers me if a movie is more taking itself seriously in this one. I actually, I actually didn't mind that much because I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, this fucking dude has just has a hoof for like forever. Then <laughs> fucks a very fancy sheep, which, believe it or not, I jokingly called out because the sheep was so pretty. I was yeah. like, he's making eyes at that sheep. He's going to have sex with that sheep. And then when he does, I was like almost grossed out to be so right. That's so <laughs> you wrong. were like so mildly wrong. turned on by the sheep. You were like, that's a very fuckable Jesus, sheep. No. Oh my God. For the record. No on air for the record. Absolutely not. But the sheep was pretty and he made eyes at that sheep. <laughs> he was trying to fuck that sheep. Oh, you're reminding me of the scene where the main character like wears the sheepskin and is like crawling through the sheep and one of the sheep starts like humping him and he like stabs the sheep's nutsack to get it off of him. Do you remember that? Vaguely. He's like, I remember the sheep is trying to hump him. And he gets, he gets the, he gets the, (laughs) the sheepskin like pulled off of him and he's just standing there like. In the middle of the sheep, or like on all fours, he's yeah. standing. That's because him. the sheep was humping him, and you get like the the video, or not the video, but you get the angle of the sheep. You like, get the live documentary footage. <laughs> you see, you see the sheep go like, bah! like when he's like humping him. It's good stuff. Made me laugh. Love a good sheep, uh, <laughs> sheep hump. <laughs> that is a brand new sentence. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Love a good sheep pump now. That was already covered in um, Woody Allen's um, Everything You Always Wanted to Know About Sex But Were Too Afraid to Ask, where uh, Gene Wilder's character falls in love with a sheep. You guys seen that movie? Absolutely Never seen it. not. It's the only good part of that movie, but it's hilarious because Gene Wilder plays it straight and he falls in love with a sheep and it's it's great. Gene Wilder great is cinema. great, so that... <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like he, it would be funny, but you describing it does not sound funny. Well, yeah, <laughs> you got to see it to believe it. It's uh, handled tastefully. No, it's not. It's really dumb. Honestly, but. I don't have too much more to say about this movie other than I feel like they really had a missed opportunity here. No one ever said, let's make some lamb chops. That's true. Why? So many <laughs> missed killer zingers that they could have uh, zinger snuck in on. there. Would have would have fit well within the movie. And I feel like would have been a great setup to an action scene. Like, let's make some lamb chops. And then they start like hacking at sheep or something. Oh, it, that would have been perfect for that scene where they're like on the truck and they're they have the shotgun or whatever. And they're just like blasting the, the, the sheep men as they're driving around in the truck. Remember that? Yeah. No, I don't quite remember, but yeah, I'm there with you. Um, definitely, I do think this movie needed more of the the hot the hot guy Tucker, the himbo. You know what I'm talking about? He's like the friend who like turns. Yeah, he and... was out of the movie for a while. And yeah, I was I was glad that they brought him back, but I was also bummed he wasn't in it more. Yeah, I mean, he he's funny, and you know he's fun to look at. Obviously, it's a good looking man. And just that accent, that like, you know, kind of olive skin tone. I was just like, oh, yeah. 
definitely need a more Tucker. <laughs> Travis, did unfortunately, you care about this man's uh, olive skin tone? No, <laughs> did nothing for me. Well, you missed out. But you gotta <laughs> learn to appreciate the finer things in life. But yeah, to to be fair, not not a ton to say about the movie. I I do think if you're into silly uh, silly horror movies that give you a good laugh and there's there's good solid uh, special effects and gore, definitely yeah, check it out. It's kind of got like a Shaun of the Dead vibe to it, like that kind of sense of humor. Yeah, as far as the tone of the movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this one's definitely sillier, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah def- I was going to say, like, it's definitely not in the same league as, like, any Edgar Wright <laughs> movie ever. But I I, could, I would say tonally it's similar in the that same sort of silly poking fun at the genre while still being a part of the genre. We got a, we got a petition, uh, Shout Factory, to do a, a 4K of uh, Black Sheep. Just bring it to a whole new audience. Yeah, I'm surprised one we'll of those companies hasn't done it yet. Well, there might be a Blu-ray. I haven't looked. I had it on DVD back in the day. I don't know if there's a Blu-ray version of this movie or not. But honestly, they're, they're none just of us even. To 4K. Yeah, like none of us even <laughs> attempted to pay for it, so we don't know the quality of those ones, right? Right. I mean, it was on YouTube. You could rent it on YouTube. <laughs> there was Google Play. I don't know. I don't know what kind we of treatment. Wait, did you so. <laughs> did you rent it on YouTube, Matt? No, no, no. no. You can okay. rent it on YouTube. Oh, but... I was like, ooh, I did it for free because I was not spending money. No, 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 no. I've never rented anything on YouTube, um, but you can. So I I don't know what kind of quality transfers there are out there of this thing, but not um, that this movie really needs the high def treatment to get, you know, what it's given, but. <laughs> Yeah, but it's always I mean, nice to see movies in high def. Some of those kills um, are great, you know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I wonder. It was hard to tell if the effects looked really good because I couldn't quite see them in detail. So, sort of filling in the gaps a little bit, or if they actually were high quality. Well, it it does look super blurry on the stream we were watching, so it is it, it's oh, it's hard yeah. to tell. But there are moments where you can tell. Damn. This thing looks good. What a kill. <laughs> I mean, when they fell in the pile of, oh, what's it called? Jesus. Um, fettle? No. Sheep parts? Uh, yeah. I, the the name, that the word that was on the sign, I wasn't really familiar a, with. But I, it's... I, and I was, and Kurt, I watched this with Kurt, and he was not. But it's it's a normal, like, farm term for animal parts yeah like like scraps like animal viscera or whatever just like you know is that a thing though do they just like dig a hole on their property and just like throw the fucking dead sheep and shit in the hole i don't know that doesn't sound right you would know you you grew up on a farm paris right (laughs) yeah they used to call me farm girl paris Mm -hmm. why'd they stop in my farm days because uh, I don't live on a farm anymore Matt and that would be false advertising <laughs> I mean a, a girl can leave the farm but the farm never leaves the girl you know what I'm saying no nothing All right. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm just no, I'm just loving life and you guys are like barely even wanting to be right here <laughs> alright well we can we can wrap this up um, I mean oh, would you say you guys enjoyed it at least oh, to yeah. an extent 
We got to give star ratings. Yeah. Well, I guess, right. Yeah. I'll let the star ratings speak for itself, I guess. But um, uh, any other points? No, I don't really have much to say. It's a decent little fun movie. But it This movie deserves more. It deserves more than a 360p rip on YouTube. That is true. But we didn't pay for it. So what can you do? All right. Paris, anything else before we drop stars? Uh, no, I think that I might have, I think my enjoyment might have gone up a little bit if it was in better quality, because at the beginning I was a little frustrated and like, fuck, this is going to be very difficult to watch. But after maybe five, ten minutes, it stopped bothering me so much. And I was just kind of along for the ride. What if you saw this at Central Cinema? Five star? Five stars, baby. the theater that, is that the Five stars, baby. You always went to? (laughs) I did. I went to Central okay. Cinema. Uh, it is uh, obviously closed right now because of COVID. Very sad, but I mm-hmm. hope that they can stay afloat during these weird ass times and uh, come back strong and I'll be able to see bad movies there again one day. So you can go see The Room on a monthly basis. Yeah, so I can go pay <laughs> good money to eat food in the dark and watch The Room. <laughs> That place is nonsense. Central Cinema sucks. I've never been. Matt is a hipster. <laughs> Anyone who's living in Seattle, the Seattle area, do not listen to him. Central Cinema rules. I feel like Central Cinema is the hipster theater. Exactly. And you're somehow yet too hip for it. Ultra hipster. <laughs> P1 it's not hip hipster. enough. <laughs> Matt is taking hipster to the next level. He's hipper than hip. Yes, that's, you've <laughs> nailed me. Uh, you got me down to a team. Right to the cross, baby. Yep. All right. Oh, Matt, speaking of hipster, real quick, totally off topic, but are you going to get that new uh, Florence Pugh made marmalade super yaki stuff shirt? Huge. What? Oh, I know, it was like no, the most I know. hipster what thing I've ever seen. It was <laughs> like I watched I watched for Florence Pugh make marmalade or something like that. Yeah, and it, there's like a hashtag and a date and they're they made a t-shirt of it and they're selling it on matt's favorite t-shirt website no but <laughs> the the but brendan the brendan fraser collection is dropping very soon and i am for sure gonna dip on whatever the brendan Fla- okay, fraser can, uh, we are collection very is. off topic right now but i literally watched the mummy last night oh yeah it is, i remembered it being one of my top movies and kurt hadn't seen it since like 12 years or something maybe it holds up even the effects like there are some parts that are very cheesy but like most of the effects actually hold up pretty well and for it being made in 1999 and not having a giant budget like it's really well the story works it's pretty original it's funny action romance like it's got ev- mummies. It's got everything anyone could possibly need. And I feel like maybe we should have another spinoff podcast where we just Man. talk about Brendan Fraser movies the, slash love on the mummy. The Cinepals <laughs> Digest is really trying to bring back the mummy. Yeah. Matt already creamed over his rewatch a few episodes ago. I mean, this is podcast. this is a safe place. You it's can call wrong. it. You can call it what it is, Paris, which is a masterpiece. I, you know what? So here's the thing. I did listen to that episode and I was like, okay, like I remember that movie being good when I was like younger. I haven't seen it in a while. Like, 
a while meaning like maybe five plus years like it, there's no way it holds up it's probably just one of those nostalgia things yeah. that matt was fucking right i stand by it i'll call it a matt what it is a masterpiece mm-hmm. thank you a matt <laughs> stirpiece yeah yeah <laughs> Oh, man. Way to be brave, Paris. You're making You're a welcome. statement. You're welcome. 2021. Don't the mummy taking the me. world by storm. Matt, is that your new term for uh, five-star movies? A masterpiece? masterpiece. <laughs> it, it should be. Wait. Okay. So uh, I keep trying to... I keep not wanting to drag us down this hole any farther. But during our movie watching last night, Kirk goes, Hey, did you know Brendan Fraser is going to be in a new movie soon? And I was like, is he? I hadn't heard about that. I looked it up. Um, it is a new Darren Aronofsky film mm-hmm. and he, in which he is playing a 600-pound reckless. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there <laughs> are. <laughs> the the PC police are already so all over that questions. one. But. The movie is literally called The Whale. Yeah, I saw that. But it is Darren Aronofsky, so, I mean, it's it's a masterpiece. Just waiting well, in the wings. Well, he did Noah, and so now he has making. to do the whale. I just, I can't wait. Brendan Fraser and Darren Aronofsky, it's a match made in heaven. Honestly, that seems like such a strange combination, but I have yet to see a Darren Aronofsky film that I didn't love. So he weird, and he does it well. It's just amazing. Oh, and also, while we're on the topic, the Mummy ride at the Universal Studios. <laughs> oh yeah, the is Mummy amazing. ride at Universal. Wait, are you talking about Universal Studios Florida or California? Well, both. The one I like the one in California more, but the one I've in, in Florida is dope too. I've only yeah, ever been to the one in California. Boost. Oh my god, that was always that, and the Jurassic Park rides were my favorite rides there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, Travis, you're right. Like when you turn the corner, you're like, oh, this is, you know, it's like slow. And then you turn the corner and just fucking fires you at a rocket. It's like, oh, yes. Oh. (laughs) Hated that. Exactly. (laughs) All right. Star ratings. We need to, yeah, we need to get our shit together. We need to end this fucking episode so I can go to sleep. The listeners are just hanging on by a thread. <laughs> um, Someone tunes back in. What they're talking about fucking rides at Universal Studios? What the fuck? Okay, so let's uh, let's let's drop star ratings. So I on rewatch went with a three, mostly just because of the quality of the stream. Like the ceiling is only so high when you're watching. Like that's not fair. A shitty rip, movie. but. <laughs> I know, but like to Paris's point, like some of the audio wasn't great, so I did have a hard time. Like I probably missed out on so many killer jokes, you know what I mean? Just um not the best viewing experience, but I do recommend it. I have a lot of fun with it. Still think it's a a very fun horror flick, so I, I went with three. Three out of five stars. Uh two and a half for me. No comment. Paris. Cool. Explanation. Well, all I have to say is, wake up, sheeple. Do spend money on this if you're going to watch it. Um, <laughs> we, I think, went the, the the stupid cheap ass route and didn't spend any money on YouTube. And so I went with a 2.5 stars as well. I'm kind of on board with Matt, though, and that I think that my viewing experience would have been enhanced if it had been in 
even just a regular, like an, an HD, you know, just like a standard definition. You know what I mean? Like, right. just with, not with shitty subtitles. and like with subtitles, I think I would have enjoyed it more. And maybe if it would have even gone up to a three, it was not a necessarily well made movie. But for that, it was pretty fun. It was a fun ride. Some good uh, horror gore. All that jazz. You you definitely would have been at a three point five. Half a star for the subtitles, and then half a Whoa. star for the the fidelity. That's three point five. But see, we're assuming that the fidelity would have made the effects better. We still don't know that though, because when stuff's in in like not as good a quality, it can kind of erase some of that a little bit. That is true. False. I mean, we spent five minutes talking about <laughs> these are the people respond. These people gave us the Urukai. These people yeah, gave us how much money and time did they spend on these compared to? Yeah, you know, Lord I, of the I would love to see the budget of Lord of the even <laughs> even one of the Lord of the Rings movies compared to the budget of this movie. Yeah, like, cl- clearly all the budget of this movie went to the special effects, though. I mean, <laughs> there's really not much else going on. They're just frolicking through empty yeah. fields in New Zealand. <laughs> like, Honestly, that budget did not go to those poor actors. They no. were <laughs> hanging on. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Um, I want to give a special shout out to Kurt for providing the music for our show, the original music, the spooky synthy radness. That is our song, our theme song. Hell um, yeah. And Paris, it's your turn to pick the next uh, double feature. Why don't you let the listeners know uh, what's coming up? Thanks. Yeah, so it is my turn. So in this one, I was going with a theme of Welcome Vampires, said in a uh, unknown accent. Um, <laughs> and we're going to do uh, Let the Right One In and a very similar movie almost identical to my own knowledge is a once bitten (laughs) and uh (laughs) i am really excited to cover these mostly because matt and travis will not let me do twilight as a horror movie which Mm -hmm. i think we all would love to hear and do but that i don't think i said you couldn't do that but i'm definitely okay with you not picking it (laughs) (laughs) i just watched twilight like Three months ago when Paris, you and the girls were doing that book club, Haley and I watched Twilight and I told her I would watch the rest of them and I will, but uh, was not super hyped on uh, on the original Twilight, that's for sure. So people love the Twilight movies. They're not good. I do not like them. I do. The books are also not good, but I do love them. Like, her writing is bad. (laughs) Like, that book club was just the four of us, like, mostly making fun of Stephanie Meyer, but also being like, but also, do you remember that? That was awesome. Yeah. Like, it was just, you know, it's kind of a weird, like, acknowledging something is trash, but still enjoying it. Like, that's a fine thing. The Mm -hmm. movies are just, like, I, I don't actually enjoy them. I will watch them, but it's really just to, like, to make fun. Like, recently I watched the... Or when we were doing the book club, I watched the first uh, Twilight movie with a couple of the gals. And we did, like, the Hulu Hangouts. We were just chatting. And the whole thing was just talking about how bad it was. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, maybe, you know, Travis and I won't rule it out. But um, 
Mm, you know, ideally Yeah, I've we also won't, said but... that um, I would watch all of them with Chelsea, but I have been pushing that off as long as I can. You just yeah, don't they're... mention it and just hope that it goes away, right? Exactly. <laughs> Hopefully Chelsea is not listening to this episode. Wow, you uh, just reminded not. her. Yep. Definitely not. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. So uh, keep an eye on the feed. Subscribe if you don't already. Uh, as Paris mentioned, we're going to be doing Let the Right One In and Once Bitten. If you want to go ahead and seek those out and watch them so you can follow along with the next episode. Uh, we will be back. Thank you for listening and stay spooky. Stay spooky.